to the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death. And you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 278 for May the 30th, 2022. Greetings. I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph coming at you with a, a rare Monday recording sesh, but yeah. uh, due to the holiday and both of us uh, not having uh, uh, to work, I was yeah. going to make a, another joke there, but not worth it. But um, yeah, so we figured uh, since Double or Nothing um, was both last night and this morning yes. that we would take yes. this morning to record and uh, give you a recap episode of, uh, I guess... I guess some of the big events leading up to the pay-per-view and then the pay-per-view proper because it was a uh, a whirlwind weekend for uh, for Mr. Tony Khan and the AEW. Yeah, yes, indeed. Let, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Let me hit the button. Sounds like the opening to Bootylicious. <laughs> Beyonce, can you handle this? Kelly, can you handle this? I don't think you can handle this. It was AEW Double or Nothing live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It was a massive, mind-bogglingly long show. Is it still going on at this uh, it, moment, it, or it, has it, it concluded? It might be, as it ran five fucking hours. And what was even more impressive was after all of that, there was a two-hour, 47-minute-long press scrum. Holy shit. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, usually I'll, I'll go back and watch those. I don't know if I'll be able to get through uh, three hours of coked-up Tony at the end, uh, of, uh, I, I at the end of the long show. This was maximum Tony, including him uh, – yeah, I saw the that, clip uh, with him with Punk. Yeah, uh, he and Punk were the first two up, and he and he said Eric Bischoff's uh, <laughs> comments about Punk not being uh, worth it financially are quote unquote fucking bullshit. Uh, and uh, as it went on, there was definitely a point where it was just like he was listing matches that they ran during the pandemic. It was <laughs> it, it was maximum Tony, and then. Even more fun, not not to derail our, our intended conversation here. Oh, there'll be derailments all day he, long. He so. jumped on Twitter afterwards and was responding to fan comments up oh, to man. and including telling um, the Cubs fan who runs the Lucha blog mm-hmm. that it's because of him that he knows about Lucha and listing the Luchadors that he got into because of the Cubs fan's blog. Uh that's cool. He, he started regaling tales uh, in comments about his trip to see ECW as a teenager in the mid '90s, down to uh-huh. recounting what T-shirts he wore during the weekend. 
Yeah, like, I feel like I've heard that story from him before. Maybe it was on sure. Uncensored, one of the early Uncensored, or yeah. Jericho early on when things were were still popping off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, let's talk about Tony since we're since we're let's you don't talk about Tony. No, 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 no. no. no, no. Um, guy probably needs to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Like I I appreciate and enjoy his fervor and excitement for his yeah. product, and you should have that. But you're also kind of, you know, you're the face, you're the you're the the man behind the scenes. You're the you're the top dog at uh, a major sports company in, yeah. in, well, in multiple in the major sports companies. Well, yeah, he, but he, at he, least he doesn't spout off F-bombs at a Jaguars press conference. Is what uh, not at Jaguars press conferences. He does spout off F-bombs and get intense posters energy uh, when it comes to Fulham. So yeah, but but football is a whole different thing. Uh, I mean, okay, that, that, okay. you know, look, I've watched Ted Lasso and I know how seriously <laughs> those Brits take their footy, um, <laughs> sir. Uh, so I, I understand, you know, <laughs> I understand some of that fervor there. But this I think this was a, a bit of an overperformance um, by Tony at this press scrum last night. You know, you, you can drop one F-bomb. Uh, you know, as you're all riled up, but in a, I think I watched like a 55 second clip and there was at least a half dozen of them. I mean, just, just pump the brakes a little bit, man. Like I I get it. I get it. Uh, but you know, he, he had full, uh, full nose to the grind energy. Uh, well, see here, here's the other thing. I, I I know the, the internet meme is, is coked out Tony Khan and and we've certainly gotten into it ourselves. It's fun. I am starting to believe, and I know you shouldn't diagnose people over the internet. I'm starting to believe Tony's in some realm of ADHD or uh, high-functioning autism. Because just the way the guy, like, recounts dates and data and information and isn't always the best reader of the room. Wrestling Rain Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and look... (laughs) I I saw some people uh, even last night sort of trying to question the the bona fides of Tony as a wrestling fan. Like some people were in their complaints about the booking last night, which we will get into. We're Uh, talking about how like, oh, you know, he's a fake fan. He's a mark for WWE talent, blah, 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 which made no sense, by the way, considering some of the, the, the ways that the booking went last night. But this guy lives and breathes wrestling mm-hmm. this guy to an immense fault tries to respond to every ounce of criticism aew receives yeah and yeah maybe maybe put the phone down for uh, an hour or two and take a nap yeah and, and yeah and not power do that. nap come on yeah bud. come on um, all the top execs do it man yeah uh you, but because you crash but yeah uh, a, a 13 match show which ran uh Five hours, including the buy-in. Uh, six, a little if you, over. If, if you count when it started. Yeah, and it, I do because yeah. <laughs> I pulled it on. I yeah. thought there was more than one pre buy-in match, but apparently no, only it was one just, this the, just the one. Yeah, they they, um, they they put everything else back on on the show. Uh, well, that's another problem. But yes. yes. Uh, well, the the intent, as it were, and oh boy, did they hard sell it as the evening went on, was. Because they were going against Game Seven of of the NBA playoffs between uh, the Miami Heat and the Boston 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 Celtics, Boston, 
Octagon uh, Garage. They uh, they were trying to have the main event go on after that ended. Are so you th- seriously? I had no idea this was happening. Yes. So that's oh, why Jesus. there were 13 matches on the show. <sighs> I mean. And some of them were great. Like, th- this is not my favorite AEW pay-per-view by any means. No. I, I, I don't really want to put the pandemic pay-per-views in the same bubble, but of the live crowd pay-per-views, I'd say this barely inches over, weirdly enough, the one we were live Our at. Full Gear? Full yes. Gear 2019. I was say the same thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's a, it was a mixed bag. The highs were high. The lows were fucking low. And yeah. um, I feel like had the show been eight matches, nine matches, you could have cut out some of that cruft and and really had an absolutely killer show. So here's my – all right, Mr. Analytics Tony guy. <laughs> I, I expect a full report as to how many people bought a pay-per-view with only two matches to go or one match to go <laughs> at the end of game seven of the fucking playoffs against who the fuck cares. Yeah. And I want to see how – what the revenue was, how many people did it, yeah. uh, where in the country they were. I want I want a full breakdown. And yeah. then I want I want you to justify the reasoning for for waiting for this yeah. because look I we you and I both have been a, down since with AEW since day one hundred percent last last night I was I was I was very upset at a couple times in this show <laughs> uh, not only from the, some of the baffling booking decisions which again we'll get into but just the fucking. Um, endurance session it takes to to get through this not to mention the fact that i was drinking and stuffing my face the the full time so i felt like (laughs) the dude in the monty python sketch were like if this pay-per-view goes another hour i'm going to literally explode beer and pizza all over my living room which is not something i wanted to clean up um the the glut was there it was i i just need to know it was worth it because you know the 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 o'reilly the two matches that they added on rampage the day two days before the pay-per-view yeah were unnecessary uh, uh I, I will say unnecessary but one of those was in contention for match of the night in sure. my humble opinion no you're, you're not wrong the great the the o'reilly derby match was really really good and i saw somebody tweet this this morning if that match was the main event of dynamite yeah we'd be talking about it in match of the year contenders yeah but it's now stuck in the middle or like you know uh, two thirds of the way through this uh, extensive length pay per view. This is like, you know, like the extended edition. Like Peter Jackson directed this fucking pay per view last night or something. Like it did not need to be this long. And I need to know. It, and if it was justified, if you know, uh, another two hundred. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know what number would justify it to me at this point. Ten thousand people bought after right. the um, the 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 playoff game uh, was finished to watch Punk and Page, and then obviously you get the replay and go back and watch it. But man, it, it from what where I was sitting in, on my own comfy couch in my yeah. home. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, man, let's go, let's wrap this shit up." <laughs> there, there was legitimately a moment uh, with with, and, and I, I think this may be a good point to transition with the controversy of the weekend, where I was sitting mm-hmm. there going, oh, "You know what? 
I don't know what time this pay-per-view is supposed to end, even knowing there were 13 matches at the time. I, I knew it was what, going to at least midnight. Yeah. I don't know exactly what time this is supposed to end. Maybe, maybe I'll throw that press conference on. Maybe. Because <laughs> I wanted to see how they discussed sure. the big mm-hmm. question of the day. Mm-hmm. By the way, they didn't really. No. <laughs> they they went full. Uh, thank you. Uh, no comment. Next Washington. question. I think it was Will Washington on Twitter. They went full George uh, George Bush uh, doing the uh, speech on The Simpsons um, <laughs> in terms of whether or not they would discuss MJF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I cannot fathom shy of being an actual person in the press who is physically there or someone on the West Coast where it wasn't 1230 yeah. when the show ended, anyone having the tolerance for that. I mean, fucking folks in the UK, God bless them. That show went to 530 in the morning for them. God damn. And they don't have a, it's not Memorial Day over there. Uh, there knowledge. is a bank holiday. There is a okay. bank holiday. But right. still, EGADS. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a wee bit insane. Yeah, I I I hate to, to say that there's such thing as too much of, of a good thing. There absolutely was, especially because there were peaks and valleys on this show. Absolutely. But before we talk about the show itself, let's talk about the, uh, the the big question mark of the weekend, which was... I'm better than you, and you know it. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He was mm-hmm. supposed to blow off two years of storytelling this weekend, going one-on-one with Wardlow on the pay-per-view. Saturday, he was supposed to make an appearance at the AEW Fan Fest. Uh, Fan Fest, which, by the way, included AEW Karaoke, uh, which if you have not seen the videos thereof, it's worth checking out if just for the video of uh, Kanasuke uh, Takeshida singing um, uh, Take On Me and Brian <laughs> Danielson singing Everybody, parenthetical, Backstreet's Back. And I believe also Eddie Kingston doing uh, Lionel Richie's Hello. If oh, I, I did not see that. I think I saw a clip of that circulating around the uh, the that's, Twitter sphere the other that's day. That's gorgeous. Yeah, I need those all collected in one spot, please and thank you. <laughs> but uh, what happened, what happened, uh, was MJF was scheduled for his appearance at the Fan Fest and completely no showed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this there there were some issues throughout the fan fest with people showing up for their signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Samoa Joe was not told about his time, so he missed his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Hardys mm-hmm. were late for theirs. Probably mm-hmm. they started leaving the hotel at a normal time, but Matt and Jeff's legs really did not carry them as quickly <laughs> yeah, as they could, were hoping. Couldn't get him a golf cart or an Uber <laughs> X or anything like that. Yeah, which is kind of fucked up because they found a mobility scooter in the middle of the Anarchy and Arena match. Couldn't they have which, got one for the Hardys? Right, which they did not. Neither Jericho nor Moxley knew how to operate. So they just <laughs> sat there looking like fucking doofuses. But we'll get to that. Uh, but MJF completely no-showed it. And this wasn't answering his phone from what I hear Not answering his phone, not uh, responding to anyone in AEW and lo, the dirt sheets were already. Oh, uh, man, because this became the conversation Saturday evening into early Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, up to and including Sean Ras uh, Sap from Fightful reporting that a ticket to New York from Las Vegas had been purchased uh, and and rumors that 
MJF was going to completely no-show the pay-per-view as mm-hmm. his uh, anger and, and uh, distaste for his current contract continues to be an issue between him and Tony Khan, apparently. Yeah, the the, uh, yeah, the prevailing rumor is that it's money based. Yes. Um, and I saw something else. I think MJF tweeted and deleted something. Tony made some comment. I don't remember what it was. It, but- it was kind of a softball comment uh, about like, well, you know, that's just Max and he's going to do what he's going to do. It, was, it wasn't really anything too incriminating. But MJF, uh, you're right. He did tweet delete and he was like, fucking LOL. I fucking hate this place. Yes, this fucking company or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh boy. Which, you know, seems pretty in character for Max on yeah. Twitter, you know, throughout his entire a- a- AEW run here. And and that's the thing. Credit where <clears throat> credit is due. With MJF, it is hard to tell where the work begins and the person ends. Mm-hmm. There, there is a very blurred line because he is a guy who is – ready, willing, and able to work 24-7 and be in character, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because uh, as as uh, our dear pal Justin's let us know, apparently in real life, absolutely blows kayfabe and he's the nicest human being in the world. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, it, it's hard to tell, is he working? Is he being real? Is he working? Is he being real? Right. The issue, as had been laid out and we discussed in a prior episode, um is to do with MJF's contract. He is signed through 2024, so he okay. has two more years left on his deal. Uh, well, probably a year and a half now at this point. And that was that's been re-upped since the original contract. Yes, yes. Or is this yeah. his original? It was, it okay. was three years, and then he he got the the two uh, options. Okay. And he feels as if his pay should be raised because I mean, what worker in America doesn't stock. feel that way? Absolutely, <laughs> no disagreement on that one. And I would say you could argue that, yes, MJF has raised his stock in AEW. He sure. went from literally on the first Dynamite. Uh, it wasn't the, the first match, but it was one of the first matches. It was him against fucking Brandon Cutler to being a guy who goes against Cody, goes against CM Punk. You know, mm-hmm. he, he is in the mix of top tier talent in AEW. Apparently, the AEW side is, hey, we'd love to have that conversation. However, if we are going to pay you more, we would like to extend the contract further. Right. And he doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wants to then, once his contract is up, he wants to play AEW against WWE and, yeah. and figure out who's going to back up the Brinks truck yeah. to his Long Island estate. And wherever, you know, the more ducats fall is where he's going to go. Like, I, even before this weekend... I was under no pretense that uh, he was an AEW lifer and that he wasn't going to go where the money is. He's definitely – he because he's – you know, we talked last week with the Sasha Naomi thing about knowing your worth. MJF definitely knows his worth. 100%. The guy's worked four matches this year and he's a top star. He's smart yeah. as hell. Like sure. he, he knows – he knows what side of the bread needs to be buttered. And uh, he, he's very good about preserving himself. He's very – plus he's what, 26? Uh, yeah, he's he, something like that. Yeah, he's got a, a, a long way to go, especially and, if he's working four matches a year. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I look at that and I go, OK, I, I, I get it. I understand it. But I also understand AEW side of things like to, to, to pull back the curtain a little bit from my own personal experience. 
you know, this year I uh, I was approached by another company. Mm-hmm. I was offered a significant raise and I went to my day job and I said, hey, can you match this? And they did. But I also know that in them matching it, I had to say, okay, yeah, I'm staying if they were right. willing to match it. I, I couldn't right. I couldn't go, all right, well, they matched it. Let me see if I can get my number right. bumped up. Like, yeah, that's not how it works. Like, yes. they, like you, 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 have to, you have to make a call here. You have to shit yeah. or get off the pot. And I think the thing that is kind of frustrating, uh, if I'm AEW, is if they're going to pay you more money, you need to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And just being like, okay, in two years, we're going to have to pay you even more right? just to keep you. I don't know that, that that's the right move, even with as great a talent as MJF is. Look, a lot can happen in two years. 100%. You know? Guy could, like, fucking, you know, fall back asswards off of uh, the ring apron and snap his neck, and that's it. Like, you know, yeah. who the hell knows? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you know, physical injury, he could, you know, who knows, get addu- addicted to smack. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, oh, there's he, a lot he of could options. could go on of... Twitter and say something extremely problematic and they have to let him go. Like, anything yeah. could happen and... That's a big buyout if you have to buy that contract out. <laughs> right, right. So, I, I, I understand it from both perspectives. MJF would be stupid to not try to, especially in 2024... <laughs> play one side off the other sure. and and get the maximum amount of money that he can. But I think he has to recognize this isn't just, you know, something for him to win on. There, There's a give and take in this. Right. Because, yes, credit where credit is due. WWE has done a great job of showing anyone on the other side of the fence, look at Cody. He came in, we made him a top guy, he's on the posters, he's literally on a truck driving around your arena tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's a clear message. They did the right thing. Granted, they probably lucked out a little bit that Roman is like, oh, well, I'm going to go for a little while. So they have no choice but to push him. But I I can even say, you know, uh, uh, every day I go to the gym, one of the TVs is on USA. And they show ads for Raw, and Cody's one of the faces that they push really hard. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, trying to get that road to the top uh, viewership over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know. uh, but it's very clear that WWE's going. Hey, you come over here. We'll treat you right. We'll do it. I know it seems sketchy for a while. I know a lot of the people who are over there now got hurt by us. But you know what, baby, we've changed. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. I, I yeah. get it. I get it. <laughs> Ask uh, there's a lot of people you can ask about that, but here's yeah. here's my thing. If you're going to play one company against the other and do this sort of thing, number one, don't fuck over your fans. Yes. So if people at a fan fest paid what a hundred dollars, hundred dollars pre prepaid to meet your ass, uh, and I know you know meet and greets suck. Let's yes. be honest for the for the talent. They're 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 the shits. I mean, you get all kinds of you know uh, psychopaths and basement dwellers. Hi. Um, and a whole <laughs> bunch of other people out there t- to meet you, yeah. um, you know, giving you fan art and asking you to sign their really random weird shit. They yeah. suck. I get it. But yeah. these are the people 
I buy your T-shirts that will follow you to wherever you go uh, and, you know, talk you up on Twitter, all these different sorts of things. So, you know, fucking over those people, not the great uh, start to this uh, whole contract situation here. Um, So keep keep that in mind, Mr. Max, uh, when, when you're thinking things through. But, you know, throughout the the plane tickets and, you know, different, um, you know, somebody saw him in an airport in New York and somebody says he's still in Vegas. And it was was a lot of it was an exhausting back and forth. Somebody said that they saw him pass out 31 flavors last night. You know, it was a whole thing. always finds out. Okay, (laughs) let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know. All that being said, uh, the show kicks off and he's there. So yeah. obviously something got worked out, yeah. uh, whether he came to his senses, whether there was a, you know, a handshake agreement put in place between him and Tony, yeah. whether they screamed at each other backstage. I'm sure we will get more information on that in the coming days, weeks, months, years. I don't know. Maybe when his book comes out, he'll give the full detail of, of the situation here. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's all at this point moot because he did show up. He worked. Well, I'd say he worked a match, but he was in a match. He didn't really do a lot of work in there, but but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, the buy-in started at seven from seven to seven thirty. It was basically the countdown show uh, to seven to seven forty-five. It was the countdown show. I'm like, oh, what did the it go fuck that is? Long? Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. and then at one point they the acclaimed music hit. And I'm like, oh shit, we're going to get another match. Yeah. I'm like, cool. And then you know, Caster the Ass Boys, and then um. Bowens. Uh, Bowens in the wheelchair in the back. And Caster did a rhyme. Uh, and then that was it. They went to another video package. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a fun, fine moment for the live crowd. Um, and I get it as like, hey, you know, welcome to Double or Nothing, blah, blah, blah. But it was yeah. unnecessary. Uh, but uh, – Again, 745, 750, we got to the ring. It was the team of Hookhausen against Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. Uh, Tony Nice and Mark Sterling uh, starting a trend for the evening of tag teams with matching gear, which I always yeah. appreciate. Sure. Um, this was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Hook and, and Nice being pretty evenly matched. It was Mark Sterling running around like, you know, uh, a scared child. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a quick squash once it ended up being Mark Sterling in the ring. It was yeah. the feel-good moment of Hook uh, basically murdering uh, Mark Sterling, then tagging in Dan Housen so Dan Housen could do the standing Jericho pin for the yeah. finish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody went home happy. It was exactly what it needed to be. Yes. Yeah. No. And then uh, a fist bump of solidarity between Hook and Housen, and it made uh, – it melted my my uh, my crusty heart. So. Yes. Uh, and then Double or Nothing kicked off. We had <laughs> Justin Roberts and Jim Ross where I could hear <laughs> Chris screaming from my house. <laughs> yeah. No, I was not happy. Yeah. That was one of the, one of the first what the fuck. Shut up. And the, uh, the show started with an ad for DraftKings. <laughs> sure did. There was a lot of pushing for DraftKings all night long. I get That's it. A big They're money a sponsor, deal, man. Yeah. Oh man, there was a point where it was like, shut the fuck up about the twenty five thousand dollar win and and all that shit. Anyway, yeah. Well, MJF's music hits, and he took his time coming. Sweet out ass the time. Ring. Yeah. As it was him versus Wardlow in the opening match, he comes to the ring. Absolutely having booze rain down on him when he got in the ring. He was mocking the fans. He did a little uh, airplane gesture. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then we went to Wardlow, who got the full Goldberg in terms yes. of his entrance, minus music. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he was in the the uh, drunk tank of T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. Uh, yeah. He was let out, and then he was escorted to the ring. And I feel like this match between MJF and Wardlow was exactly what it would have been if it was or wasn't for all the stuff that, that happened over the weekend. Sure. MJF stalls like a motherfucker, you know, mm-hmm. does his Zabisco. He, he doesn't want to get into the match. He doesn't want to do the thing. And then once Wardlow gets a hold of him, it's just MDK all fucking day hitting 10 power bombs. Yeah. To win, including at least four of them where MJF put his arms out a little too much and yeah. had a rough day for those elbows. Let me tell you. Yeah, I was I was going to make note of that. Yeah, some of the you got to you got to flatten that shit out, man. Good Lord. You're going to you're going to tweak something really bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is what we all wanted to see. I mean, this yeah. is what the story tells is going to happen. Obviously, there was no way Max was going to win this match. Wardlow needed to be to be free. He got, you know, his all elite contract uh, thing shown up on the screen afterwards. Yeah. Uh, my my biggest request is please keep his music because that shit slapped. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I, either that or uh, I've seen a lot of people online saying, hey, let's uh, let's license war pigs for him. I'd hmm. be cool with that. Um, I did yeah. enjoy the the comedy bit of uh, MJF going to put on the dynamite diamond ring while both Bryce and uh, uh, Wardlow were standing there watching him. I thought that yeah. was pretty good. And then uh, MJF gets literally stretchered out of the territory uh, as <laughs> yeah. uh, as uh, Doc does a great job of putting that oxygen mask directly on his forehead. And, I mean, uh, <laughs> did you not go to medical school? The, the best, the best way to insert directly into your to body head. <laughs> is through your eye holes. I mean, yeah. it's it's day one of med school, man. I don't know what you're doing uh, over there. But <laughs> Certainly qualified, yeah, uh, 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 medical technician uh, there. Chris, I might be an MD, but I'm not that MD. Okay. Oh boy, <laughs> you are Dad Marty Day. Okay, yes. the MD. There yes. we go. Um, but yeah. MJF is stretchered out, and I assume one way or another, uh, it's going to be a while before we see MJF on TV. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the story would indicate as much, and then the the behind the scenes stuff definitely adds a lot more fuel to that fire. So, uh, I, I the big question here is. Where does Wardlow go next? Does he go, hopefully, straight for the TNT title yes. to eliminate that whole shit show, which we'll get into in a couple minutes? But I feel like after the crowd providing his entrance music for him and, you know, having this yeah. big surge of popularity behind him, you have to strike now. Yeah. I'm not saying job him the punk uh, immediately, no, 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 but no, I think no, the no. TNT title is is pretty much the, uh, you know, should be the bullseye for for Tony, for Wardlow. It's crazy on, on Saturday night, Sunday morning, however you want to describe it. Uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio, they did a, a breaking news audio. It was just Brian and Dave talking about the MJF stuff. And mm-hmm. they were sort of spitballing if MJF really did no show, what are the things they could do? And yeah. Dave was straight up like, add him to the main event and put the belt on Wardlow. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's a little, that's I a mean, little much. <laughs> That is an option, uh, yeah. but yeah. I, the, the other crazy idea, and he said it would never happen, is find out how much Goldberg costs and have Wardlow kill Goldberg. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I would enjoy watching that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and most likely uh, Wardlow would not 
commit physical harm to Goldberg like no, Goldberg no, no, no. does at his opponents. So, but do you want to risk anything happening to Wardlow with Goldberg in the ring? So that's the other, the flip side of that coin. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I mean, look. You could have written your way out of that in a, in a bunch of different ways, and I'm sure Tony, in one of his uh, you know uh, scribbled notebooks, had a couple options written down as to what right. to do if you know a half hour before the show there is no sign of Max. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So then, uh, for reasons that I never really understood beyond the fact that he used to train with the Hardys, uh, Ring of Honor's Caprice Coleman joined commentary. Yeah, yeah. I di- and I didn't know that. I didn't know he came from Omega. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, a Carolina boy. Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks come out. They have uh, a special version of uh, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> they were singing about super kick parties. Thanks, yeah. Papa Buck, for that one. Uh, they come. Was out that him with, in the Elvis suit? I don't know if it was him in the Elvis suit, but it was definitely him performing on the song. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, but then uh, the Bucks come out in uh, not quite flying Elvis gear, um, including Elvis style Hardy pants, which I thought was a, a nice touch. Well, I, I think, and I don't. Uh, I think it was either Derek or Darren who pointed this out, but uh, I think they were supposed to be Siegfried and Roy because Cutler was dressed like a, a lion. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. I, I see what you're saying. But it was uh, the Bucks versus the Hardys. Or a tiger, not a lion. Um, I'm not good at animals. Uh, I was not looking forward to this on paper. Neither was I. Um, And it was fine. The Bucks mm-hmm. busted their ass to make this they did. enjoyable. But I in no way, shape, or form... Because I, I ran back because I, I watched I, – I started watching the show later. I ran back yeah. to everything I missed. So I, I, this is a little fresher for me. It was not a dream match or anything like that. Like well, the no, dream because... match already happened in Ring of Honor you know, right. six years ago. This was aggressively okay. I don't know what the fuck was up with Jeff's boot. Yeah, um, I, I guess he just didn't lace it up enough or something came loose. Yeah. Uh yeah, this uh, aggressively okay is a good way to describe it. I mean, this is the best you're going to get out of the Hardys in 2022, yeah. which is saying something that you shouldn't put them in these big pay-per-view matches in 2022. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's whatever. Um, I You know, as the match went on, I kind of bought into some of the near falls because I was really hoping the Bucks would win this. Same. Um, just – because I don't need the fucking Hardys to continue this uh, farewell, at least call it a farewell run so that, you know, you're going right. to knock off, uh, you know, fight all these tag teams, get all the dream matches and then go the fuck away forever. Um, just because this is not the AEW that I want to see uh, is is the Bucks hobbling around and, and you know, Jeff killing people with swantons and shit like that. Um but yeah, the the Jacksons definitely uh, definitely busted their humps to make sure those the old fogies got over. Yeah, uh, what happened was uh, Jeff hit a, um, a swanton off the top uh, onto Nick. This mm-hmm. looked like the least deadly of recent Jeff Hardy swantons. Was this the one when he was on the mat, or the one? No, it was Matt who took it on the steel steps. Yeah, right? Matt took it on the steel steps. Which yeah, oof. yeah. Um, that had to suck. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jeff hits the uh, Swanton for the finish. One, two, three. Hardy's win. And uh, nobody uh, celebrates. Yeah. Not, not yeah. happy at all. We had a video the of uh, the acclaimed in the gun club uh, after the fact partying in Vegas. 
Billy Gunn finding them all in the uh, hotel room and being very yeah. disappointed in them. The bit I enjoyed was how much he was pissed off at his kids, and then he pulled a blanket on top of Max Caster. Yeah. It was, no, it, was, I, it was fucking adorable. I absolutely love that Billy favors the acclaimed over his own children, and I hope that continues for quite some time. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Yeah, <laughs> over the gun club, especially. Yeah. Yes. Then <laughs> the for the boys. TBS championship, it was Jade Cargill against Anna Jay. Surprise, surprise, Jade retained the title. Oh, um, yeah, you don't say. This match, minus the killer post-match, Mm-hmm. was embarrassing. <laughs> that is a way to put it, yeah. I don't know who fucked up where, but there was a point where it was very clear, and I'm sorry I don't remember the name of this ref, um, but it was very clear he was running spots to both Jay yeah. and Anna. It was just bad. Disastrous might yeah. be a, an apt... Uh... Adjective there. Yeah, I did. I got nothing out of this match. Um, yeah, it, it, there's nothing more to be said. It was garbage. Yeah. But uh, towards the end of the match, uh, the baddies, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet, try to get involved. Anna Jay hits a DDT on them both. Back mm-hmm. in the ring, Cargill tries to go for Jaded. Anna Jay turns it around, hits a thrust kick. Smart Mark Sterling runs out. He's on crutches because he got beat up during the buy-in. He distracts the official. Uh, Anna Jay grabs uh, the crutch, hits a Russian leg sweep with it through a near fall. John Silver runs out to take care of Mark Sterling, hits a sweet-looking brain buster. By the way, John Silver running out, one of the most over guys on the show to this point. It's true. Which just tells me, oh boy, a John Silver match probably would have been a lot better than this absolute turd. So... (laughs) Hell, uh, let Jade Cargo throw uh, Johnny Hungy around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's go full intergender here. Fuck it. Let's yeah. do it. Um, Cargill hits the Eye of the Storm, which is her version of the Tour of the Islands, which is actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but now Jeff Cobb's around, so how are you right. gonna right? How, <laughs> how are you gonna steal his move? Um, right. Uh, we'll ask Buddy Matthews how uh, it'll be when Kenny comes back. So <laughs> Cargill goes for the jaded. Anna Jay counters it into the Queen Slayer, and for a minute there, I thought we were getting a title change. Mm, nah, I never bought into that. But uh, Jade powers out there, jockeying for position on the top rope. Out comes Stokely Hathaway. Hell yeah. Very exciting. He distracts Anna Jay. Cargill hits a uh, top rope jaded for the win. So she continues on. Looks like Smart Mark has been replaced by Stokely Hathaway, which I'm fucking... Upgrade. Yeah, Absolutely excited about. After the match, Chris Statlander in a very nice dress uh, comes out and confronts Cargill and the baddies. Athletic. Uh, very athletic. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, they're down two versus three. So music hits. And who comes out? But Athena, mm-hmm. formerly Ember Moon of WWE and NXT fame, to uh, a very big, hey, we know who that is, pop. Yeah, uh, and uh, it looks like we're gonna have a feud between uh, Anna J, Chris, and Athena against the baddies, which hey should be better than what we just watched. Look forward to watching that on Rampage. Exactly that that will <laughs> exclusively be on Rampage. But Athena's a good boost to the the women's division here. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, just God, this was oh, awful. Just absolutely awful. Yeah. It's okay though because we had. 
and I know, I know Chris is, is about to go off on a rant. We had arguably match of the night, which followed as it was the house until of the, the finish of Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews going against the death triangle of Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. Big fight feel on this one. You had the big time match yeah. House of Black, then Death Triangle comes out, uh, Penta's daughter's out there with them, dressed oh, up Oh, mini Penta, Penta melts my heart. Oh uh, my god. Pac rocking uh, a fucking half Penta, half Phoenix mask, mask yep. that looked dope as hell, and I was so pissed that he took it off. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then it's, the match ruled. It was incredible. The the bell to bell action for this match was phenomenal. Uh, I think this is probably the the best six man of six guys who are not like main event people mm-hmm. I've seen since the Wyatt Shield feud. Like. Yeah, <clears throat> that that's what this felt like. This felt like big fight. This felt like all six of these guys are about to be fucking kings in this company. Like, watch and learn how good all of them are. So, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I can't think of any like aside from Brody King going for the the, <laughs> the tope con hello off the top, uh, yeah. over the top rope, and and you know crushing the ring apron with his full body mass. That's really the only sloppy or botchy thing I remember from that match. Everything was crisp. Everywhere was everyone was where they needed to be. Um, this I the, was. I think there's one screw up where Penta or not Penta, a Phoenix did a dive to the outside. And it was clear oh, that totally Matthews whiffed. was supposed to catch him in a uh, <clears throat> brain buster. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, it was more that Matthews caught him on the floor and then did right. the brain buster. I think it was supposed to be one fluid motion, yeah. which, I mean, Either way. difficulty, super high. I yeah. get it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, also, little, little shout, out, flying at you. shout out to the uh, sign in the crowd that said, get Buddy Matthews some tattoos. <laughs> well, at least they had common, you know, gear and face paint. Yes. Situation on there. Um, so that, that that was good. This this match was my shit. I mean, I, I loved all the action that took place in here. There was, you know, great callbacks to the earlier parts of their feud. Everybody got to touch everybody. Excuse me. Um, it was it was a ton of fun. And. <clears throat> The near falls had me uh, had me hooked, and then you know it was it was Malachi was uh, isolated in the mm-hmm. middle of the ring, and Pack going up for the black well, arrow. Abrahentes distracted the official so Pac oh, could right. do a low blow on on Malachi, which I thought was yeah. uh, a clever inversion of things. Like, <laughs> hey, look, they're, they're called Death Triangle. They're gonna play right. dirty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, justifiably yeah. so. Pac goes up top for the black arrow. Lights go out. You yell Sabu. I'm running around my house. I, I'm I'm losing my mind. Yeah. My wife's very scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yelling Sabu. You Sabu. pulled out a kendo stick from behind the couch. She's like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Put my cats through tables. It's, it's yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it is not Sabu, unfortunately. No. It, it is probably the most uh, opposite thing you can get from Sabu. It, it's a, a little blonde cheerleader with a little paint over her eye and some mist. And this fucking twat just blows some mist into <laughs> uh, Pac's face and ruins a perfect match with some bullshit fucking finish that uh, nobody nobody has clamored for more Julia Hart. Nobody wants to see Julia Hart in the fucking House of Black. It's it's it's. I'm glad stupid. they finally pulled the trigger because we were there in Baltimore. Baltimore 
and it died a slow death. Right. Because they didn't fucking pull the trigger. Well, also because nobody wants to fucking see it. What does she add to this trio? You got you got Fair. a massive fucking tattooed uh, heavy metal guitarist in in there. You've got the the Dutch Muay Thai master. You got the little Aussie uh, who's like uh, like you said in text uh, looks like a fucking action figure. And then you got the little cheerleader girl who looks a spit some mist and looks all and tries to look intimidating, but fucking doesn't because she's a nineteen year old fucking cheerleader. She, there there's no aesthetic fit to this. And to sacrifice the fucking death triangle to it is uh, uh, egregious, and I hate it, and it was a stupid fucking decision. I will say that uh, the photo she posts, it, it, it's, it's of no salve to your, your issue, <clears throat> I'm sure. Um, but uh, the, the photo that Julia posted on uh, Twitter of herself all House of Blacked Out, she does kind of look like Flo- uh, Florence Pugh there, so... Uh, that works for me. That's a stretch. I, I think in that one photo, she looks a lot mm-hmm. like her. But that's mm-hmm. that's me. You're just trying to turn me around on this thing. And no, by, no. By I'm invoking the name of the great Florence Pugh, and I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, bring out the uh, shambling corpse of the Fink, because this feud must <laughs> so now, now what do, do do death triangle have to become death quadrangle and fucking pick up some uh some random female luchadora to to come in and save their ass here like what what's <sighs> yeah i don't know it should have been it it should have been it it should have been know. death triangle winning and then they go their separate ways that uh, or let, let's fucking finally do this trios title tournament they've been teasing and have that be the final so we can wrap it up all I know is anytime Death Triangle is not on the screen, the people should be asking, where's Death Triangle? <laughs> okay. And if Julia Hart dies on the way back to her home planet, I'm okay with that too. Poochie the fuck out of her. Get her the hell out of here. It's stupid and I hate it. Then we had the Owen Hart men's finals. <sighs> as it was Adam Cole against Joey Samoe. Finally, wrapping up the NXT 1.0 feud of... <laughs> Samoa Joe being William Regal's enforcer and choking out Adam Cole. Um, AEW, it's where NXT feuds go to end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hooray. This match was pretty solid, but nothing to write home about. Well, no, plus you were, you know, you know, you were following that amazing uh, trios match minus yeah. the finish uh, right before it. Uh, yeah. Plus, uh, you know, G. The guy comes out in all pink in an Owen Hart <laughs> tournament. I wonder which way this is going to fucking go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it definitely – I mean, come on, Joe. Couldn't you have gotten some uh, some pink shorts for this one? Like, I mean, you, you could do green and black. Yeah. Just like get some spray paint and just, you know, or, or some uh, some acrylic paint and just paint them up or, you know, yeah. call a seamstress or some shit. You could yeah. at least try to look the part. The 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 baffling thing to me is that it was clean. I figured that uh, Satnam Singh or or Jay Lethal right, or right. Sanjay Dutt would get involved would, in would this. Would come on out and, and they I mean, not it. that I wanted to yeah. see them, but storyline wise, that made more sense than Adam Cole beating the ROH TV champion clean on pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we did have a little bit of shenaniganry because we had a 275 year young Bobby Fish rundown. And uh, uh, somehow yet more spry than the Hardys. Yes. Uh, he wrenched uh, Joe's arm over the top rope. I mean, um, yeah, but you so, know. you know, we had that uh, Cole ends up winning. It was fine. It was fine. It, yeah, it, w- it, it would have made uh, to, to quote the uh, observer review it would have made a fine dynamite main event. Yeah. 
yeah, a lot of these matches tonight would have been fine for Dynamite or even a Rampage main event, but uh, nope, we had them on a 20-hour-long pay-per-view. Yep. Then Fozzie's Rich Ward was out with a guitar and <laughs> spent the longest 30 seconds of my life being like, look at me, I'm a cool guy with a guitar. I punch my guitar and it goes, Wheow. like it was, it was <sighs> douche chilly. All right. Well, to me, he's Stuck Mojo's Rich Ward, uh, more so than Fozzie's Rich Ward. But, I mean, you have a guy out there to play somebody out. He's going to fucking do something. Yeah, but did we really need him, like, you know, shucking and jiving to the camera for 30 seconds before we even got the intro? Like, it was a little little gratuitous. I mean, I don't think it was necessary at all, but, you know, it is what it is. Maybe uh, Britt's a big uh, Fozzie fan. Maybe. Or a stuck, maybe, maybe Britt's a stuck – if Britt is a stuck Mojo fan, I'll take back everything I'm about to say about this uh, finish and match. So <laughs> Britt Baker comes out. Rich Ward's playing during her entrance. Feels like a big time to do. And then, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the Warp Tour, it was Rancid. <laughs> Rancid, which appears to be three original members and one of their sons on drums. Um, <laughs> they played Ruby Soho, I guess – uh, to intro appropriately, Ruby Soho. Um, it was a it was a a fine introduction. I get it. You want to do the big time intros. I forgot to mention like uh, Jade had a big intro where she had the showgirls escorting yeah. her to the ring and and all of that. But um, you know, it was it, it was an okay intro. I, I did enjoy Ruby's Owen inspired gear. With uh, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. On, on the back of of her gear. Um, what was frustrating though is this was probably Britt's best match in a in a good while because even like her belt loss to Thunder Rosa, I thought was lacking. Oh, that was uh, a, that was just a bad match. And then Ruby really hadn't had kind of you know uh, a real standout performance. I feel since she's joined the roster last year. I, I feel, think her match with Britt at um, uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium was pretty good. I'd have to run that one back because it, 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 the fa- and I admit this is kind of a problem with AEW. I'm I'm going to say the fact that I don't remember it makes me think it wasn't very good. However, they throw out bangers like it's nothing on weekly it's true. TV. So it's true. It's true. You know, uh, I might need to run that back. But um, I thought this was well worked, but god damn, was it the wrong person to win? Because. Yeah. The whole story of this match was Ruby's finally figuring her shit out, and Britt is too cocky and too confident. Yeah. So, of course, the person who's finally figuring their shit out didn't figure it out, and Britt won. Why? What, what fucking sense does this make, aside from, you know, the power couple of, of, of Britt and Adam both winning the, the, the thing and, you know, making out in the shadow of the Owen Hart Cup with Martha looking on, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Um, I, I, I really... I really don't get it because yeah. Brit, if anything, is overexposed for somebody who's not a fucking champion for sure. Um, it's, you know, she's, she, I mean, I made the joke about the Poochie stuff earlier, but she's approaching Poochie levels at this point where I'm like, okay, I don't need Brit B- Baker involved in every single fucking thing yeah. um, at the top of the car. And I, and I like Brit, but, you know, there's a less is more sort of thing and jamming it down. I mean, are we approaching Roman Reigns levels with Brit? I don't yeah. think we're quite there yet. But if the trajectory of this continues, I feel like that's where we're going. And more egregiously, 
fucking wh- how do you recover Ruby Riot from this? She's had zero big wins. Uh, yeah. I mean. I, I guess beating Chris Statlander to make it to the finals kind of counts as a big win, uh, which the crowd was not super into. No, no, page. the crowd was super pissed about it on a rampage. Like they so, were ready for Chris to win. I mean, but how how does and can Ruby recover from this? I just don't see it. The, the only you, thing I could think of, and it's not going to happen because of what they set up, is she beats Jade for the TBS title. No, that makes zero sense. It makes zero sense, and it doesn't work with what they've plotted right now. Instead, no. she's just kind of adrift. And the only thing I could say about this is because if you look at some of the other decisions, it felt like kind of a AEW goes over WWE sort of night. So you had the AEW well, homegrown. Well, right. But you had the AEW homegrown Brit going over Ruby. Uh, later on, you had Jurassic Express shockingly retain the tag belts. Oh, you know, got him. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, and then Punk one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I felt like it made a little more sense in the post match when you had Cole and Britt out there with Martha Hart. Like it it struck me, and you can say whether this is a valid way to do things or not. It struck me when Tony Khan brought Martha Hart out to do the presentation of the the trophy and the belts. That maybe this whole thing was booked. For that image of here's Martha talking with Adam Cole and Britt Baker right there standing side by side. Like from a PR aspect, that is like a great image to push. Sure. Because, you know, they're both good looking normal people. (laughs) You know, think about on the other side. If it was uh, Martha Hart talking and you had Samoa Joe on one side and Ruby Wright on the other, it would look really fucking silly. Like, and and I'm not saying that's a great justification for how they booked this, but when I saw, okay, there's Britt, there's Adam Cole, there's Martha Hart, I could see from a PR aspect why that was the way this went. Okay, so here's the thing. I mean, <clears throat> now could have you, have could have been just as fine with fucking Dax Harwood and Tony Storm there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would have been much better. Um, so here's my thing with Adam Cole. <clears throat> On screen, in character, he's a shithead. Yeah. That's not the Adam Cole we saw at the top of the stage with Martha Hart. We saw who's – and genuinely one of the nicest people I ever met <laughs> in wrestling is Adam Cole. And that's the Adam Cole we saw up there, which is completely different than everything we've seen of him in character on TV before. So it, it was a big disconnect uh, for both of them, really. And Britt, you know, it's kind of the same way. She's a shithead. Uh, yeah, she's an accomplished doctor and did all these yeah. things. And for what they're just, you know, total fucking sweetheart behind the scenes. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear it. But it, it just kind of goes against their their whole characters uh, to to do this. And it. Yeah. I mean, uh, no disrespect to Dr. Martha Hart. I just feel like it went a little too long and I was like, okay, I like I was already getting fatigued for the pay-per-view at this point. Like, okay, well, now we got to Yeah. Uh, luckily they didn't make both of them talk. Uh Yeah, the yeah. Well, uh, apparently uh, in the the post-show scrum Tony explained that he was giving Martha as long as she wanted and he bought an entire extra hour of satellite time. Wow. Uh, to allow for it. And, and, and Martha Hart wearing her finest Preakness hat had <laughs> a really genuinely wonderful and sweet speech. Like it was, it was, it was a very great emotional moment 
the fucking Owen Hart cup belts look gorgeous. Like, I can't take that away from them. Yeah, they're vintage. It's just. Now what? Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, do they defend those belts or do they give it to the person who wins the tournament next th- year? They, they, there are different belts for next year. I wouldn't be shocked if they have. Uh, so you and I were, were texting throughout this surprise, surprise. Uh, and I had a hunch where this was going to go mm-hmm. and it may not happen tonight or it did not happen. Sorry. It may not happen uh, on the show and it didn't happen on the show. Um, Maybe it'll happen Wednesday on Dynamite because they're they're saying Dynamite on Wednesday is going to be a big show. Straight up, have Britt, Cole come out with those belts, talk about how they're the top couple in wrestling, and fucking Gargano and Candice show up, man. <sighs> like it, it feels like that's where this is going. I don't care to see that. Oh, yeah. I, I, they, I am totally fucked out on Cole Gar- Gar- Gargano. Yeah. As good as those matches are and were. I don't need another one. No, no, I don't. And we don't need any more uh, roster members at this point. I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. let's pump the brakes well, on the. I, uh, I know, I know. After this show, at least two more that I want, which is funny to say. Um, we'll we'll, well we'll talk about one of those when the time comes up. Actually, you know what? Yeah. I think I can talk about both in the same segment because my heart skipped a beat when I thought one person was someone else. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We had the uh, intergender trios match. It was American top team of mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Page Van Sant against uh, Sammy Guevara, Frank Kazarian, and Tay Conti. If AEW is not hyper aware of the fact that people don't like Sammy and Tay, uh, they had a hard time showing it uh, because the whole story of this match was everyone hates Sammy and Tay. And they now have the Cody Vader as a part of their entrance. So I I think they know exactly what they're doing. This match was okay. Um, Sky and Frankie are unfortunately probably perfect examples of great wrestlers that no one gives a shit about. And and I know I got a soft spot for Sky. Uh, Sky's great. I I think Ethan Page could be infinitely bigger than he is. Um, Yeah, the whole... The whole America's Top Team thing is just run its course. Yeah. I think it's time to cut bait or Dan Lambert and uh, let the men of the year do their own thing. And, uh, you know, feed uh, Sky to Wardlow. Yeah. Let Wardlow do an open challenge thing with the TNT title. Put Sky and Page as a tag team and go for the tag titles. I feel like yeah. that is kind of where their or focus should be. If MJF is really gone, I know probably the gut instinct is going to be, well, we got a top heel now and Sammy Guevara. Probably true, but fucking Ethan Page could definitely fill the MJF vacuum. Sure, yeah, and you know if if a uh, welcome byproduct of this whole MJF thing is that we see less of Sean Spears, then fucking thank you MJF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll send you point. a handwritten fair thank point. you note. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that dude's gonna be uh, welcomed very very nicely on the Dark Elevation roster right next to QT Marshall. Yeah, that just is, where I don't watch. Um, P- uh, PVZ was fine. Um, I thought she, I thought I thought Paige Van Zandt looked good. Uh, she had a great know, Mishinoku for, driver. I'll give her that. Yeah, I thought she fucking crushed Ty's neck <laughs> on it. Uh, maybe it was the angle, but yeah. Um, uh, I will say, you know, for the first match for her, uh, it was it was it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's got great legs, which I'm a fan of too. Yep. Couldn't stop staring at those. So, uh, you know, that was, that was a plus, uh, you know, seeing Tay get super kicked by Sammy was kind of, uh, fulfilling in a weird way. Um, it was a gorgeous super kick by the way. It was. And she ate the hell out of it too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and as annoying as they are, they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, so the, except for the one point where Sammy's very aggressively trying to make out with Tay in the middle of the ring and she's not having it. And then everybody surrounds them to to beat them up i was like oh god this is kind of getting a little uh uh, uh aggressive yeah, uh, in terms cool. of the the tongue uh, action there sammy maybe well, pump the brakes there hey good news sammy guevara and frankie kazarian cannot challenge for the tnt title as long as sky holds it so <sighs> oh that's, that's as long as he holds it not yeah. ever yeah as oh, long as he fuck. holds it yeah god damn it i thought so, it was, i thought we were done with him for good in that uh we then had another late edition uh Kyle O'Reilly uh, going against Darby Allen in a match. One third of the way through the pay-per-view at this point. <laughs> in a match which absolutely ruled. I, I thought this was great. They, it was. They beat the fuck out of each other. It was scrappy as hell. Uh, like Darby's mouth got busted open early. Um, there was one moment where he went to do a tope to the floor and he clipped his feet a little and it turned into like this weird somersault dive that he looked yeah. like he died on. Um, yep. I could be into like a best of seven series with these two. This, this was awesome. This is the type of match where Kyle O'Reilly really excels, you know, yes. where he can, he can work his, uh, his crisp offense and submissions. Cause there's a guy smaller than him, right. uh, you know, makes him the, the, you know, really able to be the aggressor and, and chop down instead of chopping up. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, like you said, it's one of those. If this was a main event of Dynamite, we'd be talking about it m- in months from now. Yeah. But since it was saddled two thirds of the way through this pay per view, I'm going to forget about it by next time we record. <laughs> then we had the AEW Women's World. Oh, sorry, Kyle O'Reilly won that one. I didn't really didn't say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, man, uh, Darby just yeah eating the L yeah. there. Has has he? And I think somebody pointed this out. On I think it was Wrestling Inc. Has Darby ever won a pay per view match? I feel like he's defended the TNT title once or twice. Maybe on pay per view, I feel like he did, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, maybe, but uh, it seems did he like... win the um? Uh, and I know this is going way back. Did he win the uh, Cracker Barrel Clash, the the three way with oh, him? Oh fuck, and I don't remember at the at, the, at all in or is that the first double? Uh, I think thing? that was uh, all in, or sorry, all out. All out. Yeah, I I don't recall. Maybe have to look back. Um, wasn't uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Havoc Jimmy Havoc him, Janella and Jimmy Havoc which wow boy is that a, a match of the times there was someone who also posted a <laughs> screenshot of a match from um, uh, Fight for the Fallen the first Fight for the Fallen it was Havoc Janella and Darby against MJF Sean Spears and uh, Sammy Guevara and it's just like oh boy wow uh, come a long way very much so so it was oh, a women's world championship match Thunder Rosa defending against Serena Deeb. Thunder Rosa comes out with some awesome gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this match was really fucking good. It just also happened to take place at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And there were still three matches to go. Like, this is the point where I'm like or doing it in my, the math in my head. I'm like, fuck, there's still three matches after this. And at that point, the morale in the room just kind of, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely took a turn, but the match good. was was very good. They, they, you know, I think it was one of the 
better, uh, if not best, uh, probably one of the better performances of Thunder Rosa and Deeb. You know, mm-hmm. Deeb on pay-per-view has been consistently great. So yeah. uh, they were – and I was a little worried, it, would they – you know, would the match work in their, um, you know, their own styles? And right, I right. – it definitely did. Yeah, and also I thought uh, uh, this was probably the best women's title defense on pay-per-view since fucking Sheeta had the belt, so – yeah, because yeah. a, a lot of the Brit defenses were like lame duck opponents because we knew Rosa was going to be the big one. So right, yeah, I guess Sheeta beating Nyla, or I don't remember who Sheeta defended against on pay per view, but that was yeah. the last one that really sticks out at me. Yeah, and that was that was double or nothing two years ago, I think. Uh, or last year, two no, years two ago. years ago. last year because it was empty la- arena. Two years yeah, ago. last year was when um, uh, Brit won it. Double oh wow. It was that long ago? Wow. Yeah, because okay. they, they waited till they had a live crowd to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Then we had the Anarchy in the Arena match. Okay. The Jericho Appreciation Society of Jericho, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker, Parker against John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Much like Death Triangle versus House of Black, this match absolutely ruled i'm gonna go so far as say it actually it it was above my expectations and then the finish happened and i was kind of deflated about it i was well i don't i don't i'm not as high on the whole match as you are uh and the finish definitely pissed me the fuck off um i'm like i get the whole idea anarchy in the arena it's just a big fucking brawl yeah that works fine with Kingston, um, you know, mocks to an extent. I just I feel like having and I'm sure Brian had a blast with this, but having Brian Danielson on a pay-per-view and not having him put on a wrestling classic is a totally wasted opportunity. Um, you know, not that I want to see fucking Brian versus Jericho, you know, because Jericho isn't the Jericho of old. Yeah. Brian's still at, you know, the best, if not one of the best in the world. Um, and, and, and you know, it just, I, I it, it went, for me, it went too long. And I know that's just the fatigue of the whole show happening at this point. Um, there were some great moments in this match. Yeah. But, and I'm sure it was a blast live, Maybe because you couldn't fucking see anything unless the action was happening right in front of you. It was one of those things. There well, was they had so video much... screens, and you could tell they had video screens because there would be moments where, like, they would cut to, for example, Matt Menard caked Gushing in his blood. own blood. Yeah. And you could hear the crowd react to when that was shown. Like, they go from, like, oh, you know, general, like, generalized, like, you know, crowd noise. To then also just hear people go, oh, you know, when, yeah. when they would cut to that. So I, I I feel like they probably did a decent enough job. I thought it was really fun. I thought uh, the Wild Thing music playing on a loop was hysterical. Um, my only complaint is when they did the bit where, oh, the, the sound thing got unplugged. Mm-hmm. That either A, Jericho didn't fucking subject us to a Fozzie tune for a while. Or B, <laughs> that Mox didn't plug it back in. Uh, I'm not sure Mox is techno- technologically sound enough to figure out which uh, input goes where. Fair. Uh, um, so more uh, issues with this match. There was so much going on in so many different spots. Uh, yeah. The like, I feel like we needed some kind of picture-in-picture picture sort of thing to keep picture up with all picture the action. Picture-in-picture would have definitely been helpful because I feel like Santana and Ortiz are doing some double-team stuff in the ring that we yeah. barely got to see. 
yeah, they were beating up on Jake Hager, which anybody I want to see Jake Hager get beat up. Yeah, you know that that that's the sort of stuff I want to see. I mean, I didn't need a camera on each person of the team, but you know, more than one shot at one time, and maybe less of the fan reaction shots uh, yeah. might have gone a long way um, to save this. Um, and so, m- another complaint. Uh, so Kings, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Proud and powerful. Santana Ortiz puts uh, 2.0, whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, they're still 2.0. Uh, through tables, um, off a ladder. Yeah. And then they just fucking chill out the rest of the match in the back, and that was it. Yeah. Like, they, they were the aggressors there. And I know going through a table is not an easy fucking thing, but, you know, they took the less of it by putting their opponents through a table. So why weren't they a little more involved in the finish? Kind of uh, pissed me off. Um, I will say the iconic moment of the pay-per-view is fucking Eddie Kingston walking down the ramp, bloodied with a gallon of uh, uh, gasoline. Yes. Um, that's iconic and will be burned in my memory forever. Yeah. But the next big thing how are you going to have a guy come out, douse somebody in gasoline, yeah. and then not pay it off? That uh, pissed me off that yeah. there was no fire. Uh, because the whole thing of Chris Jericho recently is that he's this wizard and can do fireballs. Yes. And you know we were thinking the, the, the attempt would backfire and then Jericho would be, uh, would be set on fire. And then you know he's just burning uh, up and melting. And then we're just standing there pointing your fingers and laughing at him like it's uh, – <laughs> No, I can't remember the movie reference I'm going for there, um, but it's uh, see. I, I figured you were talking about uh, groundskeeper Willie uh, being oh that too. And, and I feel like it's an fire. Adam Sandler movie. Oh, probably of uh, of of uh, some uh, was it Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison? I feel like it's an early. I think it's Billy Madison. Mad. I think it's Billy. Is it Billy Madison? Mad? Like Eric's like but, caught on fire. Yeah, yeah. Eric. You're going to get a company to Eric. Uh, and he's just laugh, <laughs> yeah. pointing and laughing at him as his face is melting. That's what I wanted to see. So you yeah. have the, the pay. The, I wondered the, if there was going to be a fire spot because I noticed Hager had full gloves on, which no one else from the JAS had. So I wondered if, if something's going to happen. We didn't get that. We did have uh, more fucking infighting between Danielson and Kingston, which I kind of liked. Like Kingston was going to set Daniels in kayfabe. Kingston was going to set Danielson on fire, too, because fuck it. Well, yeah, he's, you know, is that's a collateral damage. To, now, if this means Kingston. I get more Danielson Kingston matches, I am good. I'm not going to complain. I'll, I'll say no, that. I'm OK with that. But why did that have to be the fucking finish? I Fair. mean, why? Why There's I can't think of a reason why uh, J.A.S. won this. I, I really yeah. I don't want to see I don't necessarily want to see more of this feud because I didn't yeah. enjoy it the first go around. Yeah. And where know. do you go from here if this was, you know, your big anarchy in the arena sort of thing? What's the next step? Blood and guts, man. Blood and guts. This is what that that was this. I mean, you you had there were blood, there was guts. This, this is I mean, I know you're trapped in a, a cage is the gimmick, but Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah. Well, I I it's I I don't I don't need it. Um and then the the actual finish. So they they were choking Brian with uh, the ring rope, the top yeah. rope that had been dismantled. The ref calls it because Brian was apparently out. Brian's still clutching the fucking rope around his neck when you call it. Yeah. He can't be unconscious if you're doing that. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no argument here on any of that. <sighs> this is a very frustrating pay-per-view. So then Andrade El Idolo was in an office. He said he wasn't in AEW to lose, and the AFO are losers. Yeah, Jose, yeah. I mean, 
bro, you should have realized this when you bought the fucking family yeah, office. Yeah. And there was already a problem. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jose, the assistant, had a contract ready, and there was a knock at the door, and I saw a hand in a white suit, and I went, oh, shit, it's Cesaro. Yeah. And it was yeah, not Cesaro. Too. Yeah. It was not and Cesaro. It was El Toro Blanco. Roosh. Yes. Roosh is there. They did the Ingarbonable pose. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I said, there are two people who I want. Cesaro, clearly one of them, because I got very yeah. excited about the possibility of Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the fuck is Dragon Lee? I need Dragon Lee as soon as humanly possible yeah. to, to finish off this trio. That's what I, I mean. mean. If you're going to do, uh, you know, L.I. versus L.I.J. at yeah. Forbidden Door, then you're going to need a third. So, yeah. you know, let's make it happen. Let's let's go. I mean, I assume that's where it's going. Yeah. Men of the Year and Dan Lambert were backstage. All of this, by the way, was to cover time for them fixing the ring, which they did an excellent job of. Yeah. Um, Men of the Year and Dan Lambert were backstage uh, saying they feel I don't even remember this segment. Excited to be done with pieces of trash in Sammy and Frankie Kazarian. Sky wanted to know who's next. And up comes Dante Martin, who is challenging Sky on June 1st in... uh, Southern California. So look, that'll be a good match. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fucking great, and it's something for Sky to do that doesn't involve Frankie Kazarian or Sammy Guevara. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we had the tag title match. Another instance where, goddamn, this was good. Then goddamn that finish. Yeah. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending the tag titles against Team Taz of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, and uh, the newly named Swerve in Our Glory. Swerve Strickland and I missed that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, This match was all action. It was great. Like so much fun. I, I loved, I loved the action of the match. Great tandem stuff. Uh, You know, you had your, it was one of another, one of those things where everybody kind of touched everybody. You had the big Hoss showdown with, with Luchasaurus and Lee and Hobbs in there. Um, You had, you know, Swerve doing his moonsault off of Lee's chest and to the people in the background. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody, what is it? Titty salt. Oh, I'm sorry. The titty salt. Uh, (laughs) Trademark. (laughs) And spelled T-I-D-D-Y salt. Titty. Yeah, yeah. Titty salt. No, I got you. Um, (laughs) No, they they got all that shit in. And then a fucking, again, baffling ass finish where Jurassic Express retains. No... you know, uh, Darren asked my, my friend Darren asked, like, you know, who did you want to win? I said, anybody fucking else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have been <laughs> fine with the teams winning would have been great. Yeah. I, I think you and I both said we wanted team Taz to win in our official predictions. I, well, I, my, my, my heart was on uh swerve in our glory, but my, my brain was on team Taz. Sure. sure. Um, and then my asshole was on Jurassic Express, and the yeah. asshole won. And the thing is, I know you you really like Jurassic Express, which is funny. I do, but they've just had a shit rain. The and only thing I can think of is they want to put the belts on FTR, which at this point, why wasn't the, why why weren't FTR on the show? Why were they not in this match? Why was this not well, a thing? Not that well, I wanted I a four way, but like. Well, I didn't. I don't necessarily wanted a four way, and I didn't necessarily need another match. But you know, there was it was it was a bit bloated as is. But yeah, it, it's an it's it them being overlooked after the past couple months that they've had is a, a little shameful. And apparently, they did come out after the main yes. event uh, went off the air and, and celebrated with Punk, which is which is interesting. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing more 
uh, on screen of those three together. Yeah. Um, Apparently, but, uh, Punk and Dax are becoming fast friends, by the way. Okay. It right, sounds well, like, that's... based off of the ESPN story and some other reports have been going around, it sounds like apparently, uh, Punk was talking about this during the press scrum. Apparently, Dax sits down with Punk and watches all his matches back with him to give him pointers. I'm sorry, Dax is giving Punk pointers? Yes. Love it. Yeah. That's a big flex right there, Big it, Dax. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> I respect um, that. There's some balls right there. But yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 do... I worked myself into a shirt, by the way, because I when I saw fucking Hobbs and Starks come out with matching gear, which was not black and orange. By the no, way. yeah. I'm not, uh, it was blue and gold. Yeah. I was like, this is it. My boys are getting strapped up. And then I saw Lee and Swerve come out with matching gear. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and then you saw Jungle Boy's mom and sister in the front row. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I, you know, again, like, why, why? It's, it's just my, like, all the great work that Swerve and Hobbs have done and they can't get a win here. Uh, I'm sorry. Swerve and Starks. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Hobbs, Hobbs and, Starks. and Starks. Jesus Christ. Well, my, my, all four of them. Yes, Swerve and Lee have been great in the short time they've been together. Starks and Hobbs, you know, like you, we were talking about, I don't remember if it was on the show or just us bullshitting, yeah. but how you felt like this was uh, for all the works that they've done for carrying Rampage and doing all this shit on the feud, that Team Taz would get the the Gold Watch Championship uh, win here. And yeah. that made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They have been great. Ricky Starks has been fantastic. They were great on Hey EW with RJ City. Like, yeah, these guys are, are primed and ready to go and can have some fun with it. Uh, but no, fucking Jurassic Express uh, uh, wins again. So then, you know, this bullshit with christian doing nothing uh um, yeah that was the other thing like christian celebrating with them and i was like all right here we go yeah get into the fireworks factory and nope so much nope yeah stupid and didn't like it then uh the main event cm punk going against hangman page for the AEW championship page losing in his seventh defense uh to cm punk punk is your new world champion ran just about 26 minutes I thought this was very good with one massive botch. Which was what, Punk trying to do a buckshot yeah. lariat twice and falling flat on his ass both times? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, <laughs> one, one of them was more egregious than the other. Yeah. Um, and uh, hey, Punk, to his credit, he said something to, when they were showing the replay, said something to the camera about how he's never going to do a buckshot lariat ever again. Yeah. Um, good. <laughs> I thought the crowd for this was molten. I, I enjoyed how split it was. I actually kind of liked the finish of Paige being like, I, I and as was pointed out later, surprise, surprise, this was stolen from Brett versus Roddy Piper for the IC title. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, but Paige, you know, thinking about using the belt, having this moment, thinking about like, oh, okay, I can win this way, saying, fuck it. No, I'm going to win the right way. And losing that way, like, it was – it for the moral victory of Paige going, I'm not going to do take the easy way out, I thought that was good. But, man, I am not excited about Punk as champion right now. I, I, I would have been fine with Paige winning here and they run it back at fucking all out. Yeah, that would have been a thing. My my issue is it, it – to me, you know – 
I guess the the homage to to Brett and Piper makes sense, but character wise, this didn't make sense for me for Paige because you know the whole story and everything that we've loved about this build up is that you know Paige finally has his confidence and 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 knows that he could you know do this, and then he just starts questioning himself at the end of the fucking match after one you know one near fall, you know like one ki- like, come on man like it, it went against everything that he kind of has been saying over the course of this build, which I just, it kind of took me out of it. I was like, Oh, well the, now this is going to happen. And then punk wins with a, you know, it was a good GTS. Um, and then, you know, punk celebrates and curtains, no, no coin drop, no, no, uh, no rainmaker, no Kenta, yeah. uh, apparently <laughs> no, a good reason no for no coin drop, uh, as word came out early this morning that, uh, Okada and his wife are expecting a baby. So, I mean, are we are we expected to believe he's not going to be a forbidden door because his wife is pregnant? He might not be. So we'll 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 see what happens at uh, Dominion and and how all that plays out because I believe at least one thing we're going to see at Dominion is fucking Chase Owens and uh, Fale drop the belts to uh, Ocon and Cobb because no fucking way Chase Owens is going against fucking <laughs> FTR on the pay per view. Um, if not to see a live murder on TV, this was a definite. C plus B minus of a show. Um, the uh, like I said at the top of this, the highs were high, but the lows were very low. And I, I feel like we need to. I, I feel like we should break it down more. I feel action wise, this was a B plus. Yeah, booking wise, C minus. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there were some definite problems in how this all came together, and I, I think. One of the things that when we started covering AEW here, that I said was a positive was that AEW felt like, unlike WWE, it felt like a buffet. It felt like mm-hmm. you were getting all these different styles of wrestling, all these different types of stories being told, etc. This felt like you went to fucking Golden Corral and didn't know when to stop. <laughs> yeah. And now here we are the next day. We're feeling hungover and bloated, and we're about to deal with the fallout of all of that. Yeah. The fact that I was admittedly, hey, I got up a few times for snacks and, you know, refreshment yeah, no, drink, all that. But the fact that I just watched a five and a half hour show last yeah. night, I'm drained, man. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and on the whole, when it was good, it was really good. But it did not need to be that much. There's a reason why I don't stay up and watch like a Wrestle Kingdom. And there's a reason why when right. I do watch Wrestle Kingdom, I watch like the top four or five matches. Right. Like I don't need, to, you know, the Rambo and everything else. And maybe, you know, maybe this one's on me. Maybe I should have not watched this live and just been like, oh, this is what people said were good. And I picked the matches I want to see and just watch it that way. Like I do, you know, a big New Japan card or, or whatever. That's not something you want from your favorite wrestling promotion. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I know it was already said last night that Forbidden Door is not going to run as long. Awesome. Great. Can I get that in writing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just hope that, okay, maybe Double or Nothing's a WrestleMania and, and it's going to be this long because it is their WrestleMania. But, no, but we were complaining about the length of uh, fucking revolution too. Like true. they're they're getting longer and longer. And I know, you know, 
I don't I don't know. I was going to say don't book on the same weekend as a possible NBA final or whatever the fuck it is. It, it, it's but harder, you do harder to avoid these big things. Then just fucking put confidence in your product and book a strong show with no more than eight matches that are all going to be bangers. And then, you know, have confidence in your product that it's going to sell. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, then blame the fucking playoffs afterward. Yeah. But don't be so proactive that you you fucking overdose people on wrestling. No, that's, that's, it, uh, the, that's the cracks are starting to show a little more, and uh, maybe it's just Justin's uh, from the Schlegel soapbox. Uh, you know, quibbles just seeping into my brain deeper and deeper as the weeks go on. But yeah. this, I, I after last night's show, I'm I'm I have some I have some worries about the future of AEW here. Like this is if it continues on this trajectory, there's there there's officially on to year four of AEW because. It yeah. all started uh, in, in 2019, and, and we continue on. Yeah. Um, the, the new chapter begins on Wednesday. They're going to be at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. Very big night for AEW, not only because apparently they've got 17,000 fans attending the forum, uh, cool. but they're supposed to have uh, uh, executives from Warner Brothers Discovery uh, there. Um, mm-hmm. which undoubtedly will be uh, the beginning of the next phase of AEW, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, and they've announced so far a uh, 10-man tag. It's going to be Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, and the Hardys against the undisputed elite of Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and the Young Bucks. Okay. It be a perfectly good match. Sure. Great. And, you know, for for the uh you know bucks being in los angeles for the first time i'm sure they make a big deal of it and then uh friday's rampage is live also okay um, that is from uh ontario canada uh or not canada california um yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say that's a province that's a big <laughs> yeah, yeah. um <laughs> they're spread throughout so, the province so it, it, it i assume it should be a big show they didn't again they only announced one match for these two shows and they're right. both if not sold out i think they opened up more tickets for uh the forum so it's approaching to sold out so we see where we go from here um i don't know who punk's first challenger is going to be he was talking about you know people who he wants to wrestle I, he name dropped you know danielson and uh moxley and you know everyone who you kind of would expect um which makes me think it may be someone who we don't expect Mm-hmm. Uh, for one of the first challengers. That Dante Martin-Scorpio Sky match is sure to rip. I have mm-hmm. no doubt that we're going to be getting Jurassic Express versus FTR real, real soon. But hey, four weeks away from Forbidden Door, let's get some names, let's get some matches, let's fucking roll. I know that they probably need to wait a little bit for Dominion to happen, uh, or at least the Best of the Super Juniors final, Yeah, because uh, that's on Friday. Yeah, I was going to say um, it's this week. So... I, I get if they have to wait on some things, but let, let's start at least announcing who's coming over. Like, let's fucking go. Yeah, and I know it's sold out, so you don't have to move the tickets or whatever, but yeah, I mean... You got I'm, pay-per-views uh, to sell, guys. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, if there's if there's anything to be said about, um, you know, uh, that in regards to AEW, it's that at least they don't have to um, move to a smaller arena like WWE does. <laughs> ha ha ha, you fucking cucks. Eat a dick. 
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. For over 37 years, your source for all things Lucha Libre is Renta Lucha. <laughs> Renta Lucha. Our Lucha doors do front flips, side flips, back flips, cross flips, under flips, over flips, and every other type of flip that you could ever desire. Renta Lucha. Our Lucha doors will entrance, amaze, allure, and arouse you and party guests for any occasion. Weddings, breezes, or Texas Tornado Tag Team Matches, our luchadors are second to none. Renta Lucha. Renta Lucha.